All right, so uh, when we finished uh, our other project, um, the first chapter of Mesir Shasharim, so we said that uh, afterwards we were, or at least I'm still thinking about doing something related to Chinuch, but since this week I'm home, and last week, next week, it's looking like I probably won't be home, probably be uh, be traveling, so I'm still not uh, decided. Uh, no rush, though. So um, I uh, decided we'll try and do something which uh, which will take us no more than tonight, make our way through that, and that way we'll be able to buy some time towards uh, uh, the next uh, plan, whether for the next few weeks we'll take off until Elwell, uh, okay, we'll have to see how all that is going to uh, to work out. But in the meantime, tonight, what we're going to do is a safer. I don't have a copy of the cover other than the safer itself to show you. Um, it's called Yiravadas. Yiravadas was written by, or it's the the uh, the tr- the transcribed uh, Shmuzin from Rabbi Yehuda uh, Zev Halevi Segel. Rabbi Yehuda Segel. So he was a Rashiva in Manchester, uh, was known to be a great tzaddik, besides being a Tamil but was known to be a great tzaddik. And one of the things uh, which he is very famous for is he is the one who came up with the idea that we should take the Sefer of the Chavetz Chaim and we should be able to divide it into the um, section so that it can be broken down so you could do it uh, every month, every year, however, uh, whatever schedule you're going to do. But he was the one who initially uh, promoted that uh, that idea that a person should have a regular schedule learning through the Sefer Chavetz Chaim in order to constantly have reminders about the Isser speaking Lashon Hara. So he's the one who is responsible for uh, for that. So I took one of his uh, pieces are usually pretty uh, pretty straightforward. And uh, okay, and hopefully that now is on your screen. Okay, give out. Okay, so this actually is something which is it actually segues very nicely in terms of what we were talking about there, really this time of year that we find ourselves in between uh, Tisha B'Av and, uh, and Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. It was by coincidence that uh, it turned out to, it worked out uh, this way, but uh, you know that's the advantage of having Siata Dishmai, of having people who attend the class regularly, that sh- things should wa- work out and fall into place uh, for them. Okay, so the name of the piece is so this is, is, he's going to emphasize, this is going to be the negative element of the mitzvah. It literally translates, it's Aramaic for, that which is hated to your friend, don't do to others. So those things where you find yourself saying, I can't believe I'm stuck behind this annoying person, or I can't believe I'm near this annoying person, whatever that annoying behavior is. So you have to be mindful not to do that to uh, to others. One of the classic examples, uh, and certainly uh, Chicagoans will uh, will know this for, for the winter time, is that somebody decides in the winter when you just barely have a room for one car to make it down the center of the road because there's snow on both sides. 
and somebody decides that they're going to go ahead and they're going to stop and they're going to have a conversation with somebody, you know, who's on the sidewalk there. In the meantime, there's one car behind them, a second car behind them, a fifth car behind them, a tenth car behind them. Nobody could move because there's no room to get around. And that person is seemingly oblivious to what's happening around them. So everybody hates that guy, the person who stops in the middle of the street and holds up uh, traffic. So therefore, you have to be mindful as well not to do that behavior. Okay, that's the name of the piece. So now he begins. Beparshas Kedoshim, Omer Satora. So in Parshas Kedoshim, going back a number of uh, uh, a while, the Torah says, Losikom amecha So the Pasuk, the Torah goes that and juxtaposes these two mitzvahs. One is the prohibition of taking revenge or bearing a grudge. That's Losikom Velositor. And then it says, You should love your friend like yourself. And if you look at the commentary of the Ramban over there, he says, What is the thought behind this mitzvah? Love your friend like yourself. So he says, and this is really machlokas between the Ramban and Rambam, but we're just going to go with the Ramban over here because that's what the Rav Segal quotes. He says, it's impossible to have this notion that you are that somebody is going to have the capacity to love another person as much as he loves himself. And furthermore, another difficulty with taking the Pasuk literally to under to mean you should love somebody as you love yourself is that in the Gemara and Ezer Neshach in in Bab Mitzia, so Rabbi Kiva taught very famously, that when there's a tension or there, there's a, a, a pri- or you have to prioritize between your needs and the needs of another person. So halacha says, not just that you have the right to, halacha says your life comes before you're supposed to, you're expected to prioritize yourself ahead of others. If you remember the case over there, and the, that was the, the famous case, of two people traveling in the desert, and one of them, Ruvain, has a container of water, and Shimon does not. Should they share it, even though that means that both of them are going to die? Or Ruvain says, listen, my dear friend Shimon, I'm so sorry, but I have the water, you don't have the water, and therefore, too bad, so sad on you. Uh, you know, I wish you hatzlach in your journey, but I'm going to go ahead and keep the water for myself and make it to uh, to land. So that's where we see an example of chayecha kodmin l'chayecha that you prioritize yourself ahead of others. So that can't be the mitzvah to tell me literally, love your friend like yourself. But the Torah nonetheless commands, that you should love your friend. Just like you enjoy when good things happen to you and things fall into place for you, and uh, when uh, when things work out your way. So in a similar way, you should try and arrange that the obligation of the Haftal Recha Kamocha instructs us to behave in a way where we're also going to be providing for people things which they will enjoy. So it's not the it's not a command regarding the emotion, because the emotion to command regarding the emotion is not really possible anyways. The command is really going to be more directed at the idea that um, that you should do good things for other people. That's the way the Ramban understands the mitzvah. It means behave in a loving manner towards others, not necessarily that you actually have to love them.
have to love them. That's already a, a, a mighty task to say that you have to love everybody, but to go ahead and behave lovingly, so that's something which is possible. Okay. Now he says, Upirish Diver Ambanhu. So now comes of Segal and he says, let me explain what the Ramban really means over here. Sheteva Adamhu, that the nature of man, so that way you don't have to feel guilty about this. Sometime you want to be friendly with a person, you want to connect with a person because of their wealth and not so much because of their intellectual prowess or lack thereof, not because they know how to tell a good pun or something, but you, know, you like them because of, uh, because of their money. And sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes you connect with a person because you share a similar type of intellect, but you have no interest in their money whatsoever. Sometimes you love somebody because he's such a big tamachachem. When it comes to other things, so there are people that you love discussing things with. You might want to collaborate professionally with them because you work well together, but that's not the, the type of person that you'd ever go out to the bar with and, and share a drink. They're just not that person. They're not the type of person. They don't have your type of humor. They don't have your type of interests, but they are a person where practically you could get things done with. So there are people like that, that you work well with, but you never go on a vacation with, you never hang with, never share a drink. And he says, Siba Sadavri, and the reason for this phenomena is, Kibiteva Adam, because the nature of a person is, So he says that you never, that people don't want, um, uh, that you, you don't want your friend to be on par with you in all matters, as we're going to see. Because then that's going to lead to you feeling jealous, perhaps jealous, perhaps resentment, whatever the, it's going to be, it's going to lead to a negative outcome. And therefore, our love for that person is generally going to be limited to particular things. And, so, but as far as professionally, so we get along well, I can be friends with that person on a professional level. But when it comes to music, or when it comes to learning, or when it comes to davening or something like that, I'm far superior to that fellow. So this is something that we uh, we sort of think our way through, that we can be equal in some regards. We're not going to be, be equal in all regards because we have this drive uh, in, uh, emotionally to uh, to see ourselves as being uh, accomplished, being capable people. Valkane, and therefore the Torah says, that you should make an effort to love a person for all of the traits which they have all the things which they're capable of doing. So you should go ahead and you should love somebody for those things. Okay, that is the Rambam. Now he says, very famous Gemara, Gemara Misa Paris. So the Gemara now relates. So remember, we're dealing over here, not with Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel, their schools. Here, we're actually dealing with the people themselves, the, the one who started the school. So this is an incident of a non-Jew, a Gentile, and the original Shammai, Amarlo, and the Gentile approaches Shammai, and he says, says, listen, I want you to go ahead and convert me, but I have a condition. 
this is not an unconditional conversion. I agree to convert as if he is like in the power to negotiate this matter. But he says, he says, I'm willing to convert. I'm interested in converting, provided that you could go ahead and you could teach me the entire Torah while I'm standing on one foot. Right, so that would be the equivalent of somebody coming up to uh, Rabbi Shaffel and saying, "I'll convert, provided that you teach me the entire Daf Yomi while I'm standing on one foot." Well, how long could you stand on one foot? Two thousand seven hundred eleven hours. You know, that's a long time to stand on one foot. So, or really, by half of that, because I come late. But he says that uh, that uh, that's something which is uh, it's un, it's a completely unreasonable request to think that you're going to be taught the entire Torah while standing on one foot. And Shammai went ahead and threw him out because clearly the fellow was not sincere. Balifnei Hillel. Then the fellow, this uh, non-Jew, approaches Hillel again, the original Hillel. Gaireni, and he made, makes the same request, uh, convert me on condition that you could teach me the entire Torah. Amr Lo, in Hillel says to the fellow, Dalech Sani which is the phrase, that's the name of this, uh, this essay, that which is hated to you, do not do to your friend. Zuhi Kula. And Hillel told the fellow, this is the totality of Torah. The totality of Torah is contained in these five words, what's hated to you, don't do to your friend. Okay. So now, we have to understand what exactly was this Gentile thinking when he made this request to go ahead and teach him the entire Torah while he's standing on one foot. But hello, Barr, it's clear, she have shalumot as a Torah kula al regal achas, Everybody knows that you can't study the entire Torah while standing on one foot. Teach me everything they teach in medical school while I'm standing on one foot. Well, that's ridiculous. It's, it's impossible. No, nobody thinks that the Torah is so shallow that you could go ahead and you could teach it in its entirety on one foot. So what exactly was he thinking? What was the intent of the Gentile in this regard? We have to say is, he wanted to know a rule or a principle through which one is going to thereby be able to process and understand the entire Torah. So he didn't want somebody to recite all of Shulchan Aruch while he's standing on one foot. And he didn't want somebody to read through all of Shas while he was standing on one foot. But he wanted to know what is an overarching principle which is going to contain the entirety of Torah, and you'll be able to fit in all of the details of all the different mitzvahs of the Torah. All of them will be considered to be subcategories of this one overarching principle. Now, once we know what the Gentile was searching for, and therefore, in response to this question, Hillel said, Shaklalhu, you want to know the rule which is going to capture, which is going to include everything? That which is hated to you, don't do to your friend. Okay, so that's the simple reading of the uh, of the Gemara. Now says Rav Segal, V'shal Hamarsha. The Marsha wonders, Lama ana hila balashon shalili ubetargum. He's he's bothered by two things. The two things are number one is why did Hillel t- Hillel took the mitzvah of a haftal recha kamocha, which is a positive command. This is how I want you to behave. And Hillel went ahead and switched it from what you should do to what you should not do. Don't do to people those things which you hate when they do to you. 
So why switch from the positive to negative? Why didn't Hill just say, oh, you want one rule which captures the entire Torah? They have to love your neighbor like your friend. That would seemingly be a better way to do so. And then not only did he switch it from positive, to what your friend hates, don't do to uh, what you hate, don't do to your friend, but he translated into Aramaic. Why did he switch into Aramaic? Why not go ahead and present it? Just, just say what he wanted to say in Lashon Kodesh. Hello, haya, uh, yachol haya lanos Lashon Kodesh. You could have responded in Hebrew, using the Pasuk, love your friend like yourself. That since since that is included, since the, the phrase, the Allah son of the Chavar what is hated to you, don't do to your friend, that's part of the Haftarach So why not just quote the Pasuk? Fitiris, and uh, skipping the parentheses, so the Marsha answers, Shimhaya Omer Lo Belashon Hakasu, Had Hillel responded to him using the wording of the Pasuk, Yachol Haya Lachshov Hanachri. This may have misled the Gentile to think. Maybe this Pasuk, ah, as we saw at the beginning, that the Pasuk really has two parts. We have the Pasuk which says, you're not allowed to take revenge or bear a grudge. And then the Pasuk goes on to say, love your neighbor like yourself. So being that these two ideas are juxtaposed to one another, they're contained within the same pasuk. So one may have thought if all Rebbe, if all Hillel did was quote the pasuk, so then the Gentile may have thought that is a definition, is part of the definition, part of the interpretation of the prohibition against uh, taking revenge or bearing a grudge. In other words, if somebody went ahead and harmed you, don't behave like he did. Don't behave like he did in this hurtful way. But rather, overcome the tendency that you would have to take revenge or to bear a grudge. And rather than bearing a grudge or taking revenge, the Pasuk says, instead, love him like yourself. But love like yourself is the counterbalance to the prohibition of losikon velositor. So if I just look, if, if Hillel were to simply quote the Pasuk, so we would have thought that that's really the intent of the Pasuk. Not that you really have to love everybody. The Pasuk, the Torah is really telling me that in the event that you have a reason to hate somebody, you have a reason to take revenge against that person or to bear a grudge at that person, don't do it. And instead, but if a guy didn't do anything to hurt me, and I just don't like him, I don't like the way he dresses, I don't like the way he does his hair, assuming he has hair, I don't like the way, you know, he, uh, you know, he walks in and out of shul or whatever. So those are things which I may have thought, okay, if I, if I want to like the guy, I can like the guy. If I want to stay away from the guy, I can stay away from the guy. There's no mitzvah to be a friend with everybody. But I, the, the Gentile may have thought that there's no general rule, there's no general command to love other people. Only in the event that I feel driven to hate the person, to take revenge against the person, or to bear a grudge against the person, that the Torah says, don't do that, love him instead, give him a hug instead. 
But if I don't really hate the person anyways, I just don't like the person. The person is just stam annoying. Not that he did anything to harm me, but I just don't want to be friends with the person who says that the mitzvah of Mocha applies. And therefore, to counter that, Therefore, Hillel said, no, that this is, let me give you a general principle which encompasses the totality of Torah. And that is, that which is hated to you, those things, those activities where that you don't like when people do to you, you should make a conscious effort not to do those same things to others. So that is answer number one of the of the Marsha. That the reason why he switched it is to make it clear to the Gentile that this is an overarching Torah principle, and it's not something which is limited to one who would otherwise have a tendency to take revenge or bear a grudge against others. This is not a counterbalance to revenge and bearing a grudge. This is a general principle. And therefore he changed the wording of the Pasuk, even changed the language from the Pasuk in order to make that clear. Or he says, or another thing that we could say, another explanation is, the, based on the principle which David HaMelech went ahead and instructed us, where we say, and this is part of Sukkot Zimra on Shabbos, we say, Sur Meira So there's two elements. Sur Meira, turn away from that which is bad, and then Vaseitov. And once you've turned away from that which is bad, then the next step is Aseitov, do good things. So first thing is, do no harm, right? Before you can heal somebody, before you can fix something, the first thing you need to make sure to do is do no harm. So sur meiras, stay away from doing something which is bad. And then if you still have the capacity, asay tov, so do something good. Meaning, kodem tzichim lavod ala sur meirah. That in all of Odas Hashem, the first step is always going to be, don't do harm, don't make a mess. In our terminology in shul, we say, don't make a mess. That's the first mitzvah. And in Hillel's terminology, that is, that which you despise, that which you, those things which you don't like when people do to you, make sure not to do to others. So that's the first part of it. And Hillel began at the beginning with this, with, with the sur meira part of it. Don't do bad. And then only afterwards could you get to the positive element of it, which is to do good, which is and for that reason being that you have to follow in sequence first stop doing bad and then start doing good so since the gentile was coming from a perspective where i guess he had no exposure whatsoever to mitzvahs to interpersonal mitzvahs and obligations so the first thing he said was listen the first thing you need to know is don't do any harm then once you're not you stop doing harm to other people you're not hurting other people then you'll you'll get up and you'll positively act towards others in a loving way. So that's why he went ahead and did so. And I guess by uh, by Jews, it's already assumed that we're not doing things which are harmful, which are which are bad, and therefore the only instruction has to be Okay. Now, interestingly, so so far, based on what we have in the Marsha, so the whole intent of the of uh, of Hillel's teaching over here. What had to do with getting along with others, uh, the interpersonal aspect of between Jew and Jew, that uh, that uh, you shouldn't do things which are bad, and you should go ahead and you should do things which are positive. But interestingly, 
he points out, Masecha Shabbos, Mefarish Rashi, if you look in that same Gemara and Shabbos, where this conversation between Hillel and the potential convert uh, is recorded, so Rashi explains on the phrase, that which is despised by you, don't do to others. So he says, quotes a Pasuk in Mishlei, and in that context, who is Reacha? So if you look up that Pasuk in Mishlei, it's evident, so the, according to this, according to this shot in Rashi, when it says, Reacha doesn't mean friend with a small f, it means friend with a capital F. It's referring to God. Love God like yourself, meaning, do not go against, do not violate God's words. Just like you don't like when people don't listen to you, when you ask them for something or you make a request or, or you, uh, you ask for a favor. So you don't like when people ignore, uh, people ignore you. It's, it's despised when people ignore you. So you should think about it from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's perspective as well. He asked us to do 613 things, 248 things to do, 365 things to not do. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu also doesn't like it when we ignore him. He doesn't appreciate being ignored. And according to this explanation, that Lareacha is really referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu rather than your fellow human being. So now we can incorporate into this mitzvah, now we have two pshatim, that one pshat Recha is your friend. And that's going to incorporate all of the mitzvahs ben Adam lechaveiro. And then the Reicha could also mean HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that's going to include all of the mitzvahs between Adam Lamakum between you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So now everything suddenly is included in this uh, in this klal. Don't do things which other people, which you find annoying. Other people probably find it annoying as well when you do it. And don't ignore uh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu because you don't like being ignored. He does like being ignored. Aval, but according to the second shot in Rashi, which is what we began with, where Reicha actually refers to your fellow man, your friend, rather than God. So we have to understand, according to their shot, where the whole phrase of the Haftal Reicha Kamocha and the interpretation, the Allah Sani So if all of that revolves around Ben Adam Lachavero between you and your fellow man, so why then how could that be the totality of Torah? What about all of those mitzvahs which are Ben Adam Lamakam, which are supposed to be between you and God? So seemingly, how can you say that that's going to capture the entirety of Torah? Granted, it's going to capture a large portion of Torah. But how could that be characterized as Kola Torah Kula, the entire Torah, if you completely ignored all of those mitzvahs which are Ben Adam Lamakum? Okay. So says Rav Segal, Chazal Omin Pirkei Avos. So he, to- he tells us, draws our attention to Pirkei Avos, where Chazal say, Ezeu Mechubad HaMechabed Esabrios. Who's considered to be an honored person? One who honors others. That's the way Chazal say. Shinemar, as it says, those who honor me, I will honor. Now, Kasha, now this Mishnah is difficult. Why? Hello, 
Because the Pasuk which is quoted is not talking about the fact that if you honor other people, that makes you into an honorable person. We're going ahead and we're quoting a Pasuk which talks about God. God says, those who honor me, I will honor. So what is that Pasuk having to do with God? What does it have to do with our interpersonal relationships and how real honor is earned by honoring other people? That Pasuk re- that revolves around God has nothing to do with it. What is this Pasuk being quoted that references God? What does this have to do with giving honor to your fellow man? One has nothing to do with the other. So says of Segal, what we need to say is, and this is where we're now touching upon some of the drushas from the past few weeks. But he says that what we see from here is what the, the pshat in the Mishnah must be is that when you go ahead and honor other people, that is effectively honoring God. How is that so? How when I honor another person, uh, does that become effectively honoring God? So explains of Segal Hezbilakahu, the explanation is Shakol Echa Nivra because we recognize that every person is created in God's image. So when you look at another person, you're seeing them as a human, but you should also see their spiritual side, which emanates, which stems from God. Vilachain, for that reason, Whenever you honor another person, whenever you give cover to another person, you are simultaneously giving honor to God because that is the honor of that person is the fact that they are a Salam al that they are created in God's image. Therefore, when a person makes a conscious effort to avoid doing things which are annoying because you don't like when annoying things are done to you, therefore you shouldn't do it to others, the reason why you're going to make a conscious effort not to be annoying to others is because your friend was created in God's image. And that's ultimately what we are, uh, what we are looking for over here is this idea that we're created in, the, in God's image. The kosher game, and if the Torah is now telling me that you should make sure to honor other people because that is effectively honoring God. So at the same time, I should, if I have to honor a person because he's a tzal malokim, certainly I have to honor God, which is the source of the tzal malokim. So once again, everything is now encompassed into this one command, which is and the two components of that, that is to behave lovingly towards others and not to do annoying, mean things to other people as well. And being there, the obligation to honor other people and to not be annoying to other people stems from the fact that they are created, that they were created in God's image. So by extension, that means that I'm going to be honoring God as well because he is obviously what's behind this uh, this uh, this story of or the uh, the the uh, the um, godliness which resides in each of us, which is the soul which we have, which comes from God. Now he says um, says next, Isa Yushami. The Yushami says, and we're going to skip the quote from the Yushami, and we'll just look at the uh, the Pirish. Also, because of time, it says Pirsha Pnei Moshe. So Moshe, Pnei Moshe, one of the primary commentators on the Yishami, explains, If you go ahead and uh, 
um, if one hand goes ahead and um, cuts off flesh uh, from the other hand, or goes ahead and hits uh, the other hand, if your right hand, let's say, takes the knife to your left hand, whatever reason that, that that happened, your right hand cuts your left hand. So would it make sense for your left hand to go ahead and, as an act of revenge, go ahead and cut your right hand? It wouldn't make any sense just because you're as you were cutting uh, something, you accidentally went ahead and let's say you're you're hammering a nail. So you're holding the hammer in your right hand and you accidentally hit the thumb on your left hand. Okay, ouch, it hurts. Obviously, the, that's something which is going to hurt. So would it make any sense to go ahead and hand the hammer to your left hand so then you can smash the thumb on your right hand? Why would you go ahead and do that? That's absurd. Shaharei, the reason why it's absurd is, Sharei kol ever hu because both thumbs are part of you. Right, you're this larger body. You're bigger than your thumbs, and just because you made a mistake and you used a hammer with your right hand to smash your left thumb, it wouldn't make any sense to go ahead and use put the hammer into your left hand to smash your right thumb. Because why would you go ahead and hurt yourself? Why would you go ahead and shoot yourself in the toe? So he says, explains the the uh, based on this, says the Pnei that the intent of the Gemara is gam Yisrael. This same thing is true. This is the perspective we're supposed to adopt towards Kla Yisrael with the rule, where everybody is responsible for one another. In other words, we have to see all Jews as part of, as a cell within a larger body, the body called Kla Yisrael. And if we were to go ahead and successfully adopt that, that attitude. And that's the attitude that we have to adopt when it comes to ben adam types of mitzvahs. The reason why I'm not going to be annoying to you is because being annoying to you is annoying to me. The reason I can't hurt you, I should not hurt you, is because if I hurt you, I'm hurting me because you and I are part of the same body. So if there's going to be pain in one part of the body, it could potentially radiate throughout the entire rest of the body, and I'm just harming myself. Because we're all one body, stemming from the same root. Like we say, So we're a single nation, meaning we're all different parts of this larger body called Klayisov. We have other psukim which say the same thing. Uh, okay, we'll skip his proofs. And then he says, And when we truly feel this perspective, when we truly absorb this perspective and adopt this perspective, so so nobody would be tempted or motivated to take revenge against another person because that's the same thing as giving the hammer over to your left hand to smash your right thumb in exchange for your right hand smashing your left thumb. It's absurd. Just like we don't go ahead and have one hand take revenge against the other hand, you shouldn't have one person in Klai so take a, a revenge against another person. Um, oh no, what happened? Got cut off. You rolled down. This is under where we were. Go up. I'm just gonna, um, 
Then the page gets cut off. Hold on. Do you have a page there now? Or it's just a file? We got the whole page. Uh, let me just. Get a page. Okay. I just want to do this last part of it. This, I'm not going to be able to, to highlight as we go along. But he says, um, in a Masechus Hurius, we learn Rebiak,Rebiak,Rebiak,Rebiak,Rebiak,Rebiak,Rebiak,Rebiak,Rebiak,Rebiak,Rebiak,Rebiak,Rebiak,Rebiak,Rebiak,Rebiak,Rebi
Okay, so that's part one of the story. Meseches brachos, and in Meseches brachos, Mesupa Rabbi Gamliel shahalach lefayis as Rabbi Yeshua. If you remember, Rabbi Gamliel was got very upset at Rabbi Yeshua, threw him out of the base medrash. Rabbi Gamliel lost his position as the nasi. That's a story that we read about in Haggadah, where Belazavet Azariah says, "I'm like seventy years old." So that was all around that same incident. So towards the end of the incident, Rabbi Gamliel came to apologize to Rabbi Yeshua. And the Gemara relates, when Gamaliel walked into Rabbi Yeshua's apartment, he saw that the walls were black, which is indicative of very severe poverty. And Rabbi Gamaliel said, from your walls, I could see that you're a blacksmith and blacksmiths don't make much money. So Rabbi Yeshua was incredibly impoverished he was well below whatever the uh, the regular uh, the poverty line happens to be. And yet, when Rabbi Gamliel expressed surprise at, that Rabbi Shua traveled around to go ahead and sell vacuum cleaners out of his trunk, he said, Rather than Rabbi Shua saying, yes, it's about time somebody recognized who I am, he should start supporting me and buying me a house and a car and luxurious food and all sorts of things like that. Rabbi Shua ignored his own plight and he drew Rabbi Gamliel's attention to, his, to Rabbi Gamliel's own students. And he said, forget about me. What about your own students who don't even have bread? Now, when Rabbi Shua said to Rabbi Gamliel, why not focus your attention on your own students? He had so impressed Rabbi Gamliel that he could have asked Rabbi Gamliel. Rabbi Gamliel was the Nasi, remember. So he has access to everything. So Rabbi Shua could have asked for whatever he wanted and Rabbi Gamliel was going was gonna to provide it for him because he was so impressed with Rabbi Shua's wisdom. But he overlooked his own needs. And instead, he focuses attention on the needs of Rabbi Gamliel's students, which are even greater than his own. So rather than taking advantage of this opportunity to go ahead and set himself up, he was rather focused on other people to help them in their plight. And he says, Zoe Darge El Yona Rabbi Shua demonstrated over here an unbelievable level of the Recha that even his own needs, he was willing to put aside for the needs of others. And that's something that maybe we could dream about. Maybe it's even beyond our dreams to have that level of the Recha but the first step in reaching that level is like we learned in the from the uh, from Davramel in terms of the First, you got to go ahead. The first step is stopping annoying to people. Stop doing things that people don't enjoy. That people uh, uh, that that upset them. And that is the Allah Sani. Those things which you despise when others do to you. Make sure not to go ahead and do, the, do that to, to others. And this is the emphasis which he places over here. And this is like we say all the time, that the first mitzvah of the Torah, the most fundamental mitzvah of the Torah is don't make a mess. So included in the mitzvah of don't make a mess is don't be, don't be annoying to others. And from there, that sets us in a process where you begin to contemplate why is it that I can't be annoying to others? Why can't I exercise my rights? And if others get annoyed, it's too bad, so sad on them. And the reason why that's so is two-pronged. Number one is we have to see all of Klayusol as part of a single body, and you don't do something which is annoying one part to, to another part. 
And then number two is the idea that we are supposed to uh, that we are supposed to see every person as possessing a tzelem elokim as a, a a piece of God inside of them, the image of God inside of them, and the honor and respect that we give to a person is part and parcel of the honor and respect that we want to give to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So just like Hakadosh Baruch Hu is deserving our honor, so too all the people who possess the tzelem elokim who are created in the image of God are just as deserving of our honor as well. Okay, so that is tonight. So don't forget that